Everyone, take out your Bible and turn with me to the Gospel of Luke. And uh, has Children's Church been dismissed yet this morning? If not, you guys are welcome to head on out today. Uh, Everyone else, take out your Bible and turn with me this morning to Luke's Gospel, Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. We have been in a series together the last number of weeks. Uh, Really, that's going to take us through the entire gospel of Luke, and that is the story of salvation. We're really considering what has just been sung about, about how Jesus Christ came and he accomplished for us what we could never accomplish for ourselves. And in fact, as we open our Bibles this morning to Luke's gospel and peer into this passage, we're going to be confronted once again uh, with what Jesus has done for us in our place. Well, you know, originally this week as I was preparing for the message, I had planned to be in all 14 verses, the first 14 verses which talk about the temptation narrative of Christ. And as I began to study, I just couldn't get past the first verse. And so I, I thought um, in order to do justice to the whole text, we'll look at part of it this week and part of it next week, but I just couldn't get past verse 1. Open your Bible with me and follow along. Uh, Stand with me. We'll read just one verse this morning. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the what? Father, we pray your blessings on this morning. We ask for your help. We know that, Lord, you have given us your word, and in your word, your word is life. Your word quickens us. Lord, the Bible is a living book. It is living and active, and Lord, it discerns our thoughts. It discerns the intents of our heart. And this morning, Father, I know that there are some in this room um, that, Father, may really well relate to what is going on in this verse. And we ask for your blessings. We ask for your help in it. And we ask it in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen. Amen. Now, the Bible says that Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, had returned from the Jordan. Someone shout out and tell me what happened at the Jordan. His baptism, right? So Jesus Christ is baptized by John the Baptist. He returns back to his home from the Jordan. And the Bible says in the Gospel of Mark, immediately he was led by the Spirit into where again? Now listen, that's significant. Because as I'm coming to this passage, I'm recognizing a few things, as I hope you will as well. Jesus here is being led by the Spirit, and Jesus is walking in obedience in step with the Spirit, and still Jesus was led into where? The wilderness. You know, one of the great motifs in the Bible is this element of the wilderness, You know, the psalmist talks about God taking us through valleys, talks about these mountaintop experiences, but the wilderness is different than the valley because the valley seems to be a little shorter than the wilderness. And some of us in life can relate to what is taking place in this verse. We can understand what it is to be in a wilderness. Maybe some of you, even in your own personal life, can say, I'm there. Or I was just there. 
And if you've been there and, and you know what it's like, you know that the wilderness is often lasts a bit longer than the valley. In fact, sometimes we can look back in our life and we can find that we were in seasons of wilderness. And sometimes it was a month, sometimes a couple months. Sometimes many of us, and I can raise my hand to relate to this, sometimes the wilderness has been more than a couple years. You say, what's the, what's the wilderness? Well, the Bible uses this motif so many places and almost in every passage that the wilderness is referred to, it's talked about as a place of isolation. It's a place of separation. It's a dry place. It's a desolate place. It's a place where we feel very alone. How many of you can relate and say, I've been there? You know, one of the images of the wilderness and one of the things that's most striking about a wilderness and the people that are in the wilderness and people that go through a wilderness is the, the, the imagery of a wilderness is often this idea of wandering, right? We, we, we don't often enter the wilderness and exit the wilderness what feels to us as a very purposeful journey. A lot of times we find ourselves in the wilderness and when we get to the wilderness, it's actually like this element of wandering and we just are kind of unsure as how we're in fact going to get out. We feel alone. We feel isolated. And in those moments in the wilderness, we ask ourselves things and we say to ourselves, we say, my goodness, when will this ever be over? Will, will this ever be over? When am I getting out? And in desperation, sometimes we find ourselves wondering when we are getting out of the wilderness. And here's what I believe this morning. I believe that there are some here today and you're in a wilderness. You're in a wilderness. You're in some type of a wilderness. You feel alone. You feel discouraged. You feel, you feel separated. You feel disoriented. You, you, you feel as if no one really understands. In fact, when we find ourselves in the moment in the wilderness, we'll say things like that. We'll use phrases like, nobody understands what I'm going through. Boop, 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 boop. That's like, that's like, that's like uh, an alert bell to say, hey, you're maybe in a wilderness. You know, while the wilderness is a place of isolation. The Bible teaches and really shows us in so many stories that the wilderness can be a place of encounter. In fact, some of the most formative and transformational encounters in saints in the Old and New Testament took place in a wilderness. Moses' life was profoundly changed in the wilderness because from it he received a new calling. David's life was profoundly changed in the wilderness because from out of it, he discovers and really finds this new position. We can look at people like Elijah and how Elijah's life was profoundly changed in the wilderness because in coming out of it, Elijah found new hope. And in fact, Jesus, as we look here in Luke chapter 4 and we look at the life of Jesus, we see that Jesus' life was profoundly changed through his time in the wilderness because from it, he launched a new ministry. And in fact, the passage we have before us this morning, no doubt must have been something that Jesus himself had passed on to his disciples. And he had shared this out of really his own experience. Because Jesus 
is where? In the wilderness. And, and no one's in the wilderness to record it, right? So if anybody's getting the story, it's because Jesus passed it on and Jesus really related on to his disciples out of his own experience. Because, you know, somewhere along the way, the disciples, as they're ministering with Jesus over that two and a half year period, I would say probably no doubt found themselves in places where they found themselves incredibly discouraged. They found themselves in difficult seasons of ministry. And, and even in terms of the whole temptation and what Jesus endured and, and as they're battling temptation, I'm sure as they were huddled up in one of the discipleship meetings, you know, around a fire one night, one of the disciples just speaks up. He says, man, Jesus, this whole temptation thing is really a bad <laughs> you know? I mean, because Jesus said so much about it. In fact, Jesus, as he talks to his disciples and teaches, he says, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. He tells them as they are to pray. How are they to pray? To pray like this, Father, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And maybe in that night, in that conversation, the question from a disciple spurred even further and they asked Jesus, Jesus, have you ever faced temptation? And I think maybe in that Jesus begins to unpack and unveil this, what was a very private moment in his life, but yet so pivotal and in fact, so significant. Jesus really unveils this dramatic event that happens. We read it in Matthew's gospel, Matthew 1, you find it in Mark 1, and you find it here in Luke chapter 4. And no doubt Jesus, I believe, is sharing this story to his disciples because he's sharing something out of his own experience. He's sharing something that he wants to pass on to them. He's sharing something that he wants to equip them. He wants to help them as they will no doubt enter seasons of wilderness of their own. Because here, up until this moment in Luke chapter 4, things seem to be going pretty well for Jesus. I mean, he was just baptized. And think about his baptism for just a second. Think about how well things are going for Jesus. He has just publicly been baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River. Why? Why is he doing that? Jesus is going, the Bible says, to, because it's fitting to fulfill all righteousness. And so Jesus was entering into this baptism of repentance, not because Jesus had sinned, but he was doing so, the Bible says, because it was fitting for all righteousness. And Jesus here, as he goes in obedience to be baptized... He, in fact, Matthew tells us he's praying as he is being baptized. He is obeying the Father as he's submitting to this baptism. And, and all of his experiences up into this moment, something happens in his baptism that we're not told has happened up to the 30 years of his earthly life so far. And that is when Jesus comes up out of the water, the Bible says a dove comes down representing the Holy Spirit in this bodily form of a dove. And the skies crack open with the voice of Almighty God, and God audibly speaks, and he says, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. I mean, Jesus was obeying the Father. He was walking in obedience to the Father. He was staying in step with the Spirit to his baptism. And there's just this high crescendo moment in the life of Jesus and that the Father is expressing just how proud he is of him. 
How many of you have ever had a father or a father figure express to you just how proud they are of you? It's something in that moment, right? Whether it came from a grandparent or a dear friend or a, or a physical father, there's something in that moment that just, that just, that, that sense of, of being recognized, the sense of, 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 of in that moment that the father is pleased with you. And the father right here, God the father is expressing to his son and to all these people literally how proud he is of Christ. And then the very next day, look at your Bible, Luke 1. The very next day, Jesus returns from the Jordan on this mountaintop experience. And and in Luke chapter 1 and in Mark 1, it tells us immediately the Spirit of God drove him into the wilderness. So, So one day, Jesus is on the spiritual high, and the next day, he's out in a barren wasteland. How many of you can relate and say, I think I get that? You know, I I realized this week as I've been studying on the wilderness, the path into the wilderness often is only a day's journey. A a lot can change in a day. In fact, for Jesus, a lot changed in a day. And some of you have been in a season like that. Things were going great. Things seemed to be going well. And then all of a sudden, you're in the wilderness. (laughs) And you kind of have that moment of spiritual awakening and you say to yourself, how did I get here? How many of you raise your hand and you're, you're with me in this this morning? Can I see your hand? Okay, it's just not me. Praise God. But we, 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 we go through these moments in our life and we say, how did this happen? Jesus, notice Luke 4, verse 1. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit returned from the Jordan, and here's the key, was led by the Spirit into where? Where did he go? So it begs the question, these wilderness experiences in our life, do we choose them, or are these things that are brought upon us? What do you think? These wilderness moments in our life, these experiences that we've been through, and you can look back in your life, were they things that you chose and brought upon yourself, or were they things that happened and were brought upon you? Well, notice in this passage, in fact, the Bible says Jesus was led by the Spirit. That's a really nice way of of saying what the real verb that Mark uses, and that is the Spirit of God drove him into the wilderness. It's the idea, literally, if we're going to be really technical, it's like Jesus was thrown out into the wilderness. Like, that's how forceful of a verb, that's how impactful, how, how compelling the Spirit was, was moving Christ, driving him, literally throwing him out into the wilderness. In, in other words, I don't think at this moment Jesus was really personally wanting to go in the wilderness. <laughs> but he was drove by the Spirit. He was led by the Spirit. In other words, Jesus didn't come back from his baptism and say, hey, I got a great idea. How about a 40-day camping trip? That's not what he's doing here. Jesus isn't going out for 40 days because he thought it was a great idea to go get ready for his personal ministry. No, the Bible says that this happened upon him and the Spirit of God drove him, led him, into the wilderness. Really, it begs the question, do these wilderness experiences that you and I go through, are they things that we choose or are they things that are brought upon us? 
And the Bible, at least here in Luke's gospel and in Matthew's gospel, says that the Spirit led him out, literally drove him out. And I think that's often true in our wilderness wanderings, in our wilderness experiences. We don't always choose them. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, we don't always choose them. We don't always choose them. In fact, sometimes, in fact, sometimes we do choose them. Sometimes we do choose them. Sometimes we find ourselves because of our own stubbornness or own sinfulness or, 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 or fear or, or discouragement or, or something that we're leaning into that, that we will find ourselves in a wilderness moment. It's only inevitable given the way that we choose some things. Some wilderness moments in our life are things that we choose. In fact, right now we're in a, series, uh, in, in a time of Lent. And, and, as, and as today is the first Sunday of Lent, Lent is something that we choose. It's kind of a, like a wilderness moment that we, we enter into. We, we enter into this time in the liturgical calendar of the church with more prayer, more fasting, more self-evaluating so that leading up here uh, to Easter and all that is soon to come, we're examining our lives in a certain way. And sometimes, you know, we, we, we find ourselves in moments where, 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 where sometimes we choose the wilderness, either because of sinful things that have brought us into that point or sometimes it's a self-evaluation or something that we're, we're seeking for and we go out in this wilderness. But here, we discover in the life of Christ, there are times in our life where the wilderness is, in all sense of the word, thrust upon us and we're thrown into them. Could be an illness, could be a season of deep loss, could be a sense of transition or a time of movement. Here's the thing, though. Whether or not we choose them or they are brought upon us, these wilderness experiences have a profound way of deepening our faith. These wilderness moments, if we allow them, will become something in our life that that, 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 that gives us new perspective. It gives us a new depth of faith. Because here's the critical truth to remember in the wilderness. You ready? You want to write it down? Here it is. It's simply this. God is with us in the wilderness. Turn to your neighbor and tell him this morning, God is with you in the wilderness. God is with us in the wilderness. The psalmist says, God leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. So walking in the spirit taking step-by-step obedience to where the Lord, the Good Shepherd, is leading me in those steps of righteousness as I'm obeying and praying and following the Lord. The Bible says that He leads me in paths of righteousness, yet sometimes the Bible says He leads us in paths of righteousness for His namesake. Yea, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, God leads us through valleys. And in fact, sometimes, as we find here in the story of Jesus, God leads us into a wilderness. Is your theology okay with that? Some of you are like, I'm not sure I believe that. You're saying God, yes. That's, isn't that what the Bible's saying there? How much clearer does the Bible have to be? The Spirit led him into the wilderness. Is the Spirit ever going to lead us into something wrong? No, so God's not leading him into a temptation here. But God is leading him into a wilderness. What does this mean? It means that the wilderness is not aimless. It means that there's purpose in the wilderness. 
It means there's something that God is doing in the wilderness. Just as Elijah, you remember Elijah and he encountered that wilderness experience from God? But now Elijah's situation was a little different than Jesus' situation. Because Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, Elijah finds himself in the wilderness, and why is he in the wilderness? Someone tell me. Why is he there? Because some lady threatened his life. You know? I mean, he had stood up to King Ahab for years, for centuries. I mean, I mean, for years. It was a long period of time. And, and, and Elijah, you know, he's a man of God. Everything in his life that he prays for happens. He prays that a drought will happen. It happens. He prays for rain. It happens. He prays that day, remember, for fire to fall on Mount Carmel. And it happens. I mean, literally everything Elijah's praying for is happening. And all of a sudden, he gets news that Jezebel, after he had displayed the power of God there on Mount Carmel and had slaughtered all of those prophets of Baal, Jezebel's like, hey, by this time tomorrow, you're a dead man. You know what he does? Dude, he, he, he heads off 100 miles into the wilderness. And he leaves his servant. He goes a further, a day's, a day's journey into the wilderness. And there he's just alone and questioning and aimless. And he's wandering and he literally sits down under a tree and he just prays that God would take his lights out. Now question, up until this moment, everything Elijah has prayed for has come true, right? So what do you think Elijah's praying for when he asks for God to kill him? What do you think he thinks is gonna happen? I think he thinks that God's gonna take him out. You know? And then he gets a word from the Lord that he's to go stand. Remember, he eats and sleeps and makes this 40-day journey in the wilderness there to Horeb, to the mountain of God. And remember, God tells Elijah to go stand there at the mountain. And all this happens, right? Remember that? How many of you remember the story? Fire, earthquake, wind. And God wasn't any of those things. And in fact, I'm thinking, Elijah's probably thinking, I'm about to get it. <laughs> At every one of those moments, this is the end. And then what does he hear in the entrance of the cave? What does he hear? A whisper. A whisper. What are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here? Now, we don't know how God asked him that. Was God saying, what are you doing here, Elijah? Like, out of all places, why are you here? What about you, Elijah? You of all people, a prophet, a mighty man of God, what are you doing here, Elijah? Right? Or he could just be simply asking, what are you doing here? Like, why are you a hundred miles out of Israel where I've called you to be a prophet? But how did God answer him? He answered him with a what? With a still, small voice, with a whisper. You see, why is God whispering? You know why he's whispering? Because he's near. Because he's close. Because Elijah can hear God in the whisper. Here's the reality. In our wilderness wanderings, God is with us in the wilderness. And God is near in the wilderness. God speaks in a simple, still small voice. Why does he speak in a small voice? Because he's close enough that you can hear him. 
The goal in our life is to be as close to the shepherd. And in our life, sometimes we find ourselves out in a wilderness and we ask ourselves the question, how did we get here? And we get all frazzled feeling that we're totally alone. But if we listen, we'll hear the voice of the shepherd and we'll realize that we're not in a wilderness alone. In fact, just as Jesus was in the wilderness, he was there with the Spirit of God. There is purpose in the wilderness. Jesus was baptized because he was identifying with sinful people. And next week, we're going to see how Jesus was tempted because he identifies with us in our temptation. God allows us to go through wilderness wanderings. God allows us to go through seasons of wandering for our benefit. And here's the good news. You want the good news this morning? You ready? The wilderness is not forever. Can you turn to your neighbor and tell him this morning it's not forever? Give me an amen. Amen? Amen. Wilderness is not forever. Here's how you'll see it. Look at the end of verse 14. Look in your Bible. After all that Jesus enters in the wilderness, and here's the thing, next week, we're going to see Jesus tested in the wilderness, tempted in the wilderness. Hey, mark it down. You're going to be tempted and tested in the wilderness. It's going to happen. But you know the good news is? Verse 14, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. Jesus returned from his time in the wilderness and the wilderness was not forever. Those 40 days were long days. In fact, I thought about it this week as I was out on a walk and I was walking the dog, going to one of my favorite places. And I just thought about Jesus in the wilderness. No companion of a dog, right? And for 40 days, 40 days in a wilderness and 40 days of not eating. And 40 days, the Bible says, verse 2, he was tempted of the devil. 40 days? I I'm afraid some of us, we can't even fathom in our mind what Jesus endured in that wilderness. In fact, some of us are saying, wow, how, how did he do it? How did he get through it? What? Well, we'll see next week. He did so with the power of the Spirit, with the Word of God, and with the presence of God in his life. That's how he did it. But this morning, it's a reminder to me that the wilderness experiences in our life are sometimes things that we choose, but you know, sometimes they're things that are brought upon us. And only you can answer what your wilderness is. I mean, in fact, only you can really answer the fact as to why you're in the wilderness. But here's the good news. When you're there, here's what we need to remember. God is always with us and he is near because if we'll listen, we'll hear his whisper and we'll hear him speak. And we will discover once again the purpose of what he wants us to do. Jesus comes out of the wilderness and he comes out with such an unleash of purpose. He comes out, Mark says, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom of God, proclaiming to repent and to believe the gospel. Jesus came out of his wilderness and he has launched into this new ministry. How did all that happen? How did this clarification in the life of Christ come in terms of defining his purpose and being reminded of what God was doing in his life? 
It was really showing him that there's a new phase of his life. There's a new beginning. And here's the reality. When we leave our wilderness experiences, we're always changed by them. Our faith has changed. Our dependence in God has changed. Often our priorities and our perspectives are rearranged. Listen to these two verses and we'll be concluded. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21 says, For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving an example so that you might follow in his steps. Hebrews tells us that we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect, do you hear that? In every way has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. So let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Here's the thing, my friend. Today, some of you are in a wilderness. Some of you right now today are in a wilderness. And there's a lot of things in your life that don't make sense. For you this morning, you may have more questions than you have answered. And you might find yourself today and you say, fear and discouragement may have brought me into this desolate place. Or maybe for you, circumstances completely out of your control have brought a wilderness upon you. But here's the encouragement. In the wilderness, we're never truly alone. In the wilderness, the Holy Spirit is always with you. And the Holy Spirit of God whispers in your ear because he is near. And our wandering is not forever. We do come out of the wilderness. So stay close to the good shepherd and trust that he will bring you through. Father, we confess this morning that we go through moments in our life that somehow we find ourselves in places we didn't intend to go, but they were places you intended us to be. And so in those moments, God, we pray that you would help us, Lord, to, to clarify what needs to be clarified in our heart. Lord, to be reminded of the truth that we need reminded of. I pray that, Lord, for those this morning, right now in a wilderness moment, that, God, they would lean in knowing that right now you're there, you're near, you're with them. Lord, help them to listen for your voice. Help them to hear, Lord, your word by your spirit that leads us. And, Lord, we know that you're never going to lead us in a wrong way. And so, Lord, I just pray right now for the brother or sister that, God, today they're in the thick of it and they feel like they can't talk to anybody, they feel like they're alone, they feel like there's things that have come upon them that they just don't really have the answers for. And Lord, help us this morning to see you. Help us to see how you've endured. Help us to see that what it means to follow your example in the wilderness. Help us to, to Lord, to, to realize that, that you're always with us that you're working in our life to accomplish your purpose. And Lord, what sometimes feels dark or uncertain to us is certainly not that to you. And so Lord, help us just to stay so close in this wilderness to follow you, to trust you. God, you're gonna see us through. We believe that. 
And I pray, Lord, this morning for the brother or sister that are there, that God, you would just comfort their heart, remind them of who you are today. In all of these things, God, we just commit it to you. We, we, we love you, we praise you, and we ask it in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen. Would you stand to your feet this morning? We're gonna respond out. Do we have the song that Jessica's playing this morning? Just listen as Jessica plays a very familiar song and I pray that the response would be personal this morning. There's a number of people up here this morning that have requested prayer. Maybe you'd come and pray for one of these brothers or sisters in our church today that have put out a request that is burdensome for them. Would you come and help lift them up in the journey this morning? Maybe you want to get alone with God right now as we enter into a time of communion in just a moment. Pray for the Lord to, to do a cleansing work in your life, a renewing work in your heart this morning. Whatever it is that God's impressing on your heart this morning, I pray that you'd come. Come and pray for one of these this morning. Before the Lord. The invitation's not concluded here. You know, your time of response is personal and private throughout the week with the Lord and I trust that today wherever you find yourself that you'd find that the Lord is there with you and if you're a child of his he loves you he is for you he's concerned for you and he's right there today he's he's available to you and there's things in your life that yeah this this season that you're in may not be where you wanted to be but 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 God's working in that and he's doing things in your life because he, he has a new purpose ahead of you. He has a new vision of what he wants to do, new hope and things to come in your life that, that are only going to get birthed in that wilderness wandering.